May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be ever acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, we come to celebrate Easter, that Jesus has died and is risen. Our Lord Jesus has passed over from death to life. The church invites her children dispersed throughout the world to come together in vigil and prayer. For this is the Passover of the Lord in which by hearing his word and celebrating his mysteries, we share in his victory over death and live with him forever. This is the beautiful opening welcome from our Liturgy of the Light service, which is an annual service created and led by our sixth graders celebrating Christ's risen life and light given to each of us at our baptisms. This morning we gathered right before this service for our special liturgy. At the heart of the service is the procession and spreading of the light of Jesus. And in this moment, the sixth graders take the candlelight from the Paschal candle and literally share it with our parish family throughout the congregation until everyone has placed their lit candle upon the table. For our sixth graders, this service was their last work that they did as a part of our catechesis of the Good Shepherd program, a kind of final gift and benediction, ascending off of our youth with a coming together and the wonder of the light. It's a simple lesson embodied in the liturgy's final prayer, which pulls from Paul's letter to the Ephesians. For you were once in darkness, but now in the Lord you are light. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. We were once in darkness, but we have been shown the light. Spread the light. Be a bearer of it. Let your life itself be a sign of God's love for his creation. In today's gospel reading, Jesus is similarly giving his disciples a farewell message. On the night before his crucifixion, Christ has just washed their feet, shared a meal with them, and has then told them of his eventual betrayal. He knows that he is at the end of his time with them and that they, in turn, will be faced with mourning and danger, uncertainty, and sadness. So he doesn't mince words. He doesn't tell a tricky parable or provide a pithy saying. He gets to the point. A new commandment 
that we love one another as he loved us. It's a love that is founded in servanthood, a love with no boundaries that was illustrated by the humble act of washing his disciples' feet, an act he performed just before giving his new commandment. He washes their feet even though they are weak and imperfect, He washes the feet of Peter, who will deny him three times, and of Thomas, who will later doubt his resurrection. He even washes the feet of Judas, who will soon betray him. He loves them unconditionally, and he serves them unconditionally. Their pettiness, their faults, they don't matter. Jesus washes their feet anyway. He loves them anyway. But what I think is interesting here is that Jesus isn't just necessarily talking about the radical kind of love we tend to think of when talking about Christian love. The kind of love where the disciples were changed and charged to love the outsider the Gentiles or the Samaritans or the victims of violence and oppression, the poor and the hungry and the thirsty. This love is much more inward looking. Love one another. Love people who are already part of our community. In the context of John's church, the community that this gospel was originally written for, this sentiment makes sense. This group, like so many other early Christian groups, was plagued with disagreement over issues both big and small. Like all human institutions, they had a hard time getting on the same page. So Jesus, through the Gospel of John, stresses that in order to go out and bring the Gospel to all nations, it is necessary for the community of Christ to stop, breathe, and take care of each other. It was necessary to establish that. In the midst of disagreement about doctrine and details and the struggle of establishing the first church, the disciples need to make sure that their focus is always about loving one another first. If we're honest, The conflicts within the early church are not all that different than the conflicts we deal with today. There are so many issues and controversies that divide us. Some issues are big and profound, and they demand that we be especially sensitive to alternative viewpoints. And other issues are not so big. 
If the body of Christ can't always agree on the proper way to take communion or whether to sprinkle or immerse into the water during baptism, how can we get on the same page about anything? But the good news is that Jesus' last commandment doesn't ask us to agree on everything. He doesn't ask for doctrinal or ritualistic purity. He doesn't demand a certain form of worship or a certain political opinion. Love one another. That's the commandment. Just like he loves us. In the mid-1950s, after the Birmingham bus boycotts, Martin Luther King Jr. spoke about his vision of a beloved community founded in the type of Christian love exhibited by Christ in today's gospel. In his speech, King stressed that the end is reconciliation. The end is redemption. The end is the creation of the beloved community. It is the type of spirit and this type of love that can transform opponents into friends. It is the type of understanding good will that will transform the deep gloom of the old age into the exuberant gladness of the new age. It is this love which will bring about miracles in the hearts of men. Jesus' power, his ultimate miracle, lies in his ability to change hearts. It's a power that finds expression when people experience a deeply felt realization that they are bound together by God's unfailing light. It's a power that is manifest in Jesus lowering himself and washing the feet of a disciple who will soon betray him. It's a love so powerful that it can turn enemies into friends. This morning, as the paschal light spread through the nave during the liturgy of the light, our children created a sign, a visible illustration of the love that serves as an embodiment of Christ's presence within and among the beloved community. The light started at the Paschal candle and then spread to candles held by our sixth graders, and from there it spread to our parish family. And the service ended with a benediction. Let us go in peace, taking the light of Christ into the world. Alleluia, alleluia. This act represents the gift of charitable love among the community of Christ so that, like his disciples, 
we can go and share the message of God to a broken and struggling world. Jesus asks us to model the type of love he had for them to love each other openly, to publicly share in the joy of Christ, a kind of joy and wonder that can only be found in genuine love and service to one another first.